Hello, Internet. This is another episode of Your Midweek Geek. This is episode 96 of the Making Geeks podcast, podcast for makers, dads, and geeks. And for this special episode, we have our wonderful four presenters again, starting with Mr. Josh Price. Hey, everybody. And Mr. Mark O'Keefe. Hello. And of course, Mr. Wes Swain. Hello. And I am Sean Jolliker. What's up, guys? Not much. It's been a while. Has been a while. Yep. <laughs> How's your Wednesday beginning of your week going, you guys? <laughs> it's going really well. My, my prediction is it'll Mondays. be good, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing with my Labo, and it's great. <laughs> so much so much fun. You should check out my Instagram. There's so many good pictures. Can you believe there. that? thing it does that no one knew it could do it's remarkable yes if you haven't been following along we've been doing a couple of uh double recordings to to make sure that we're on pace for hitting episode 100 so when we record this second episode we've already been talking for a while we're trying to make these weird predictions of how we're going to be in the future and of course josh and wes are already anticipating all the fun they're going to be having with their new toy when is the release date for the Labo, anyways? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. <laughs> 20th. February, or February, April 20th. So by the time that our listeners are hearing this, it would have already been released. Yep. So go check my video out on it if you're not sure what that is. It's on Geek Smithing's YouTube channel. Yes. So is there anything that we didn't talk about on Saturday that you've been excited about? I've been working on or hopefully anticipating that you will be working on it? At this point, I think all of my excitement is being reserved just for Infinity War. I think that's going to kind of... Mm. I mean, besides the Nintendo Labo thing, but I don't have a Switch, um, I think that's going to overshadow everything for me. And trying really, really hard not to listen to what anybody says or watching any more previews, I, I just want to go in and enjoy that at this point. Okay, so if we're going to get Daryl on here to do a spoiler cast... And so that we can super geek out about his trip to talk to Adam Savage, we all got to make a real positive effort to go watch this movie. Yes. I. It's going to be a week after, because I'm not going to be around the weekend it comes out, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Do we want to get the bingo cards out? You know what? I think maybe we should. We can send one to Daryl. So, I'm so afraid of this movie. I don't... I know because it's going to be good, wrong, I just... But... Well, no, I know it's I know it's going to be a good flick. I just don't want to watch all the people that I've I've loved over the past ten years just all blink out and die. Write it, write it on your bingo card. Who you think is going to die? I think we should make like <laughs> the most uh, ridiculous prediction that we could. At the very end, it places the time stone in and then rewinds everything back to the very first <laughs> Captain America movie. <laughs> and brings back the red skull or something. I don't know. Well, I th- see. I always wondered about that because the the tesseract was the transporter, so he didn't die. He got sent somewhere. Where did he go? He went to DC. Ooh, Donovan Donovan made a good point that Disney won't kill characters. Yeah, but this is not Except Disney. This is Sorry, Jen Urso. 
That that's not true. <laughs> Quick Quicksilver's dead. Bambi's mom is dead. That, that was before Disney took over, though. Andy's mom is dead. Was it? Was it? Actually, I don't know anymore. I don't remember. No, I think they owned it for a while. But uh, Ultron's dead. The guy, Mister What's his name from Up? His wife is dead. Oh yeah, well, she's super dead. Man, Bambi's parents. Sorry, Bambi. Mm-hmm. Murdering a bunch of people. Okay, well they just have to get like vaporized. D- Disney is famous. Like if you're a parent, yeah. like that—that's the thing. If you're walking around, and you're like, "Wow, my kid's like a Disney princess." Wait a minute, you're about to die. Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah, Han Solo. Holy crap! I'm getting super depressed with all these people that are dead now. D- Disney. Parents. Disney is pretty much a mass murderer. I never, I never told you guys this, but I finally maybe had, that leads into our topic that we're going to talk about. Yeah. I, <laughs> I finally had Mark watch Force Awakens a couple of months ago, and we watch it. Everything happens, and I was waiting to see how he's going to react to that one scene, and didn't say anything the entire movie. And after I kind of approached him, I said, "Well, what do you think about you know Han Solo not being around anymore?" And his face changed completely lost. He couldn't hold it anymore. He, he was sobbing for like five minutes straight. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. So. I felt more sad watching R2 slip away in The Last Jedi than I did watching Han Solo die. And it's not that he like withered away and died. It's just what they're doing to his character. Oh, and all R2's oh, okay. character is like... I'm glad you clarified that because I'm like... Yeah, no, not that he I died. saw that damn movie twice. It's... I don't remember that. <laughs> well, he was in a coma for most all of the movies except for right. like... Little he, bit parts, huh? He wakes up from his nap and he, he That's says, a perfect time. Yeah, says that very meaningful thing and then just, oh, I'll be back later. Like, <laughs> no, it made me sad. Mace Windu died? Man, everybody. Okay, Did, we got to get to what we're talking about because we're, <laughs> we're. You never, you never saw Mace die. I know Donovan is in the chat is trying to bring all that up right now. <laughs> Like a, he raised a point, and then is just negating his point. He <laughs> says Disney doesn't kill people, and then just lists a bunch of people that have died. No, Han, no he's just telling that they've survived, Han, though. Han, Han Solo's definitely dead. <laughs> Captain Phasma's dead. Is she? That that one that one I don't know. That she one might man. be iffy. I know. I don't. Here's the thing. I I I don't want her to die because I still feel that's like. Both movies felt like that was just such a waste of that character. Yep. You know, I, I don't care what they do in comic books or in in like Rebels or other places. If they died in one of the actual movies, I consider them dead. Don't give me this other junk about them coming back. I, I no, I did, I did like the way you they Boba Fett, Darth Maul back. That was that was neat. And then they ultimately they they finished him off, and the way he died was was cool too. You know. Um Oh yeah, but re- yeah, deaths. Rebels was a little brutal. If anyone is finished with that cartoon, not yet. Oh, so I, that's probably a good point to kind of transition to what we're talking about for this show, and Sorry. kind of looking at the way that we see things now as adults, but comparing that to how we maybe initially perceived things as a kid, seeing some of these different movies, properties, or you know whatever they might be, and we may not. I don't know. We we probably thought about them a, cer- a certain way as a kid, but of course, being an adult now, and especially being a parent, 
kind of gives us a different perspective on on some of these things. And in some cases, it might even be like watching a movie or playing a game for the first time because you now have this adult perspective and more knowledgeable and experienced in all these different things. And I'll kind of start it off with kind of the you know where this idea came from and then everybody else can kind of chime in with, with something they've had a similar experience with. So a couple of days ago, my wife and I sat down and watched Mrs. Doubtfire. Now, I've seen the movie a couple times before, but I saw it around the time that it was released, um, which I was, I think I was an adult already when that movie came out, but I was not married and I did not have kids. But now watching it with my wife and now being a, a parent gave me a very different view of that movie, where instead of kind of looking at things from maybe like even an adolescent view or a young adult point of view. I'm looking at it now from the point of view of, um, of a parent and looking at the normal trials and tribulations that, you know, a husband and wife might actually have and looking at the, the effect of that on the kids and being able to look at, you know, similar struggles in a relationship. Um, you know, while my relationship with my wife may not be the same as portrayed in the movie, I think I'm a little bit more sympathetic and empathetic towards some of those things that they're trying to struggle with and trying to maintain a family and everything like that. So it gave me a really different way of looking at the movie and I identify with it a, a lot more than I ever did before. Do you identify with Daniel? With Rob Williams' character? In a small way, yes. And my wife actually kind of brought it to my attention. Because the initial downfall of, of their marriage was how almost childlike he was in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And though he'd kind of participate with the kids. And my wife kind of pointed at me and said, you do that. Not as much as he does in the movie, but you do that to a degree in a way that I can't do or I can't keep up with. And that kind of actually made me kind of reflect for him like, you know, holy crap, I never really thought about that. But... Yeah, it's something she that, made the point in the movie that he makes her out to be the heavy was her big line before he yelled it's over a whole bunch of times. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that 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 we were looking at, but simply how Rod Williams was a big kid in it instead of being just the you know instead of being a parent first and you know all those other things secondary. So it was something that never would have come up before, and something I never would have probably paid attention to um, without having these experiences as, as an adult now. I remember watching it as a kid and having, and then watching it, that movie as an adult and having really no real understanding or realization that like his brother was gay. That too. And there was like a whole lot of like blatant, like funny yeah. gay jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just went right over my head. It's just his brother and some guy and they like to do cool cosplay makeup and then sing a bunch of silly songs and the references yeah. that I didn't fully understand. Yeah, Timon, right? <laughs> Actually, what's really funny about that now, too, is I watched that, you know, being a being a maker. I'm like, oh, look, they're doing a head cast. Oh, look, they're doing a silicone mm-hmm. mold. So, I mean, there's, there's that aspect, too. It's actually kind of fun to watch. We drove by that house in San Francisco. Hmm. This is Doubtfire's house. It's so sure. nondescript. I probably never would have been able to, you know, notice. It really is. But I think my example uh, that came... Uh, pretty quickly was the Sandlot and how like I don't want a bunch of damn kids hitting the ball over my yard <laughs> Get you're, off you're my the guy on the other side of the fence now yeah 
<laughs> yeah, like I built that fence for a reason, kids. Like, whose ball is this? Like, get your stinking ball out of my yard. <laughs> and I, my dog is not bothering anybody. Leave him alone. And so, yeah, I, there's a certain, there's a definitive point in your life where you start to relate more toward the dog and James Earl Jones than you do the whimsical, you know, baseball team. Just because you put on a pair of chucks doesn't give you the right to jump in my yard. <laughs> See, I looked at that movie differently too as an adult, mainly as you know, Small's parents. Like, oh, I want my kid to be outside more. I want him to go play with these kids. You know, mm-hmm. go play baseball and do these things and climb a tree because, you know, Mark doesn't do all that stuff that often. And he kind of, this essence of childhood that is a little bit different now and not as carefree. It's like, I want to be to that kind of, you know, 4th of July party. I've never seen a party like that in my life. Hmm. Did you ever wonder in Hook when Robin Williams, who forgot that he was Peter Pan and became a corporate goon and he goes to Neverland and he eventually comes back, does he go back to work? And just start that same cycle all over again? I think he gets a new job. As Peter Pan? Like, is there another job that is as whimsical as the the Neverland pirate fighter? Not as whimsical, but I think he goes and makes toys. (laughs) No, but see, I think think that's the key, is I think you can link it to another Robin Williams movie. Say, you know, yeah, in the movie Toys. I was going with that, too. Yeah. Mm. And then Jumanji, because it's a toy, and then... Or he he becomes Patch Adams. It's all the same universe. He never wants to grow up. That's right. And then you end up in uh, Requiem for a Dream. No, you end up in... Um... Photo Booth or whatever it was. The, no, what the photo development was creepy was movie. What Dreams May Come? When you... Yes, What Dreams May Come. Oh, that was a trippy movie. That was, that was yeah. That, I mean, that, that could be a movie for me because I remember seeing that as a little kid, not quite understanding you know, the how heavy that subject matter was and then watching it again as an adult just going jesus i don't know if i want to watch it while i'm married because that might mess me up a little more than it has before so there are a lot of movies that i think were geared toward i don't think they were geared toward but like i was looking for movies the other day at walmart and i saw the dark crystal (laughs) but then i know people are gonna hate it i've never seen it and I never saw it because as a kid, it looked freaking scary. And as an adult, I picked it up. I went, there's no one in my house that's going to want to watch this because it still looks freaking scary. And I'm sure I picked it up. And now, like with Labyrinth, I'm like, that poor baby was kidnapped. Like, I don't know if I could watch these movies again as an adult and try to get this deep, meaningful, like cult-like appreciation for these films. Because I don't know if the time has passed. I, I might be able to appreciate, like you said, from like a maker standpoint, where I'm like, "Ooh, that's a practical effect," and that's whatever if you separate yourself far enough from it. But it still looked just as as kind of freaky looking and like scary looking as I remember as a kid. There's a lot of those movies in the '80s now that would just be perceived differently because of the passage of time. I mean, yeah, because of being yeah. an adult, because there's also different social standards now. Uh, another example, really quick, is I just recently rewatched um, the Explorers. Which was River Phoenix, was River Phoenix, and two other kids that kind of build this spaceship out of like a, a defunct carnival ride, and then go into space and meet some aliens. It was a <laughs> it was a really pivotal movie I saw when I was a kid because it was that aspect of science and fantasy and kind of going off on your own like a really 
a real pre-adolescent type of adventure that was really popular in the 80s, kind of like in the same vein as the Goonies in a way, but a little bit less popular. And I'm I'm watching it now as an adult, and I'm watching with my wife thinking, oh, yeah, I, I kind of want Mark to see this. And I watch it, I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want Mark to see this. And there's all this, like, really subtle sexual innuendo that almost looks pedophile-ish in some ways. Hmm. And, or, or predatory. Yeah. yeah. Based on between, Back to the future, hello. I, I know, that too. Well, between, <laughs> between the aliens and the... Uh, the the kids and it just it's this weird feeling it as an adult and things that I never would have noticed as a kid. Yeah, I find myself I'm trying to think of things that I appreciate more now than I did as a kid. I'm sure there are examples, but I keep thinking of the inverse of that where it's something that I really loved as a kid, and like you said, had elements in it that I didn't pick up on that now I might be more apprehensive or. Uh, I can get one in to show it to Samantha or whatever, like the Sandlot. It's the 25th anniversary. And I was like, Oh, I remember loving that movie. And I'm looking at the reviews and there's like, was it uh common sense media? There's a website that basically breaks yes. a, a movie down into like elements of like language, sex, uh, violence, you know, kind of trying to be neutral and objective, right. On these things. And I didn't realize that as much cursing in it as it did. And yeah. I don't know, I don't really know what our stance is on that yet because she hasn't developed a vocabulary with curse words in it. So I don't want to necessarily introduce them through movies and maybe, maybe she won't pick up on them. I don't know. Like Apollo 13. I watched that as a kid and that has a lot of cursing in it um, mm. that I didn't realize. And so Catherine and I are kind of like slyly looking at each other. Like we're not really sure what our stance is on that yet. Like she hasn't been brought up. So Sandlot has a lot of, of that in there um and some other other movies i mean the the common thing we've brought up before and other people have uh, pointed out like pg back then doesn't equal pg now because the pg-13 was introduced later blah blah, blah. gremlins is a good example oh. of that like that was pg but really? i remember loving that yeah as a kid wow. but now pretty sure it was um but now yeah i'm like eh, not so sure about that um, it's Big pretty. It's has five f bombs. Yes. Wow. I have to rewatch Big. Big was such a good movie. Yeah, but that's, that's also like a pre-adolescent movie. That's not a movie for. Well, I mean, this might be. Well, Donovan says it was rated PG. Big Big also had a almost sex scene. Yeah, it was it was an implied sex scene. Yeah. Hmm. That actually was for adults. That was not a movie for kids, anyways. I saw it as a kid. Well, sure. There was nothing special about me. I mean, my parents weren't some heathens. They were pretty conservative. What I meant was it was intended for adults, not that kids didn't see it. Because it looked... Because all the previews painted it to be this childlike type experience. And I think that when we were growing up, I think there was less discussion about what is appropriate and not appropriate. I think there was... I think back then, I think it was... I think sex was a bigger taboo uh, topic than language or violence, which I think is probably still the case now. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I just looked up. Gremlins was the the reason PG-13 was started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After mm-hmm. it was like one of the last ones. They're like, okay, we need to readdress this. But I remember having like a lunchbox with Gremlins on it. And like all kinds of stuff, like comic books mm-hmm. and like uh, coloring books. I remember um, one of the restaurants had a line of like 
Happy Meal type toys around. I think it was the second Gremlins movie when it came out. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was it was funny and weird. I mean, mm-hmm. you have the that, cute little furry was, thing yeah. that spawned a bunch of kind of <laughs> silly looking that's how monsters. Was, that's how it was pitched. Because adults yeah. thought, oh, this is dumb and stupid. It shouldn't be a big deal. Hmm. Yeah, we kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago with, when we talked about RoboCop and other movies. So it's a little bit in the same category. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. RoboCop, I don't think I can look at RoboCop in any different light Sure. now. Because, I mean, yeah. it is it is what it is. Yeah. There, there's no deep meaning or there's really nothing that goes over your head. Like, it's pretty on the nose. There are drugs. There are bad guys. There's a RoboCop. That, that you know, it, it it spells it. I mean, the things that are I think are subtle that people might be able to appreciate now is like the humor in that movie and like the satire and how like all the little TV commercials and stuff that happen. Like I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, like those might be the little things that you can have a different perspective on from a kid to an adult. But I think the general theme of RoboCop. Uh, is pretty unchanging. <laughs> but you, you, you pretty much just you know described every action movie of the eighties, anyways. Yeah. Let's let's cuss, let's shoot things, uh, kill things, get the girl, and and that's really it. <laughs> One movie, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, <laughs> which is kind of like a modern escape room, but like with real consequences. <laughs> Part of me was like, oh, I kind of. I kind of want to do those puzzles. Like, that seems kind of fun. Like, the like bucket, I know the that water yeah, in the bucket. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're a terrorist and you got to get to this payphone and dial this. Like that, that seems kind of neat. I kind of want to do that, but they've done but, like, AR games like that. So that was definitely more appealing as an adult than it would have been as a, a teenager watching that movie. The intent of that movie, I think changes. <laughs> So how about uh, like Lord of the Rings, the movies? When are you going to introduce those to your kids? Like there's no language, but this definitely has some scarier possible yeah. moments, you know. I, I think the biggest hurdle for a Lord of the Rings movie is making sure they have the attention span to make it to the end. That too. That too. I didn't make it through Fellowship until probably the fifth time I watched it. Wow. Because it was so freaking long. and. Yeah. Yeah, those are traditionally like children, like books that you could read to a child, right? Like the Hobbit. I had had to read the Hobbit when I was in seventh grade, right? Like it was a school book. Um, I did. I tried to get the kids to watch Lord of the Rings with me one time, and then like the orcs came out, and I got scared, Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to watch it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like yeah, the kids are like, I think they're too young for that, just because they're purposely scary, right? And there's you know a bunch of gratuitous separate it. Yeah. War scenes. The their the story and the fantasy and the whimsy of it all will be lost on the fact that there's just like monsters running around. Right. That's what I keep thinking about. Yeah. yeah. How about Indiana Jones movies? The three. Mm-hmm. Are our perception See, that of one, them or, or when we're introduced to our kids? That one messed me up when I was a kid. Molar uh, Ram. Uh <laughs> Well no 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 not uh yeah. Um Temple of Doom messed me up. Um, monkey brains. Yeah, that whole scene—the mm-hmm. bugs, the monkey brains. And all the, the snakes babies, fell out the of the big snake. snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that is something I realized growing up. I'm watching that scene the other day, and um, 
I'm like, that that's not how snakes have babies. <laughs> Some of them do. Oh really? Yeah. Ugh, never mind. Some have their eggs are inside and then they hatch inside and then they just kinda bleh, bleh, outside. Yeah. Some of them have external eggs and some of them have internal eggs. You learned something and I people. learned that because of that movie. And I went, wait a minute. And then I looked it up and I'm like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> you are a college professor, Dr. Jones. <laughs> uh, the third one, I think I could. I think I could get away with Crusade. Because that really wasn't scary as much as until that one scene at the end. Um, but that's just that's just more like a drama and puzzle thing. Yeah. One that uh, Catherine and I recently watched, which I really appreciated for like the artistry behind it. We watched Pinocchio, the original that movie scared me when I was a kid. And then at the very, like the end, the last like third of the movie is so weird. I don't know what they're trying to say. Like with all the like kids turning into donkeys, like corrupting them, I guess with like and the, the smoke and cigars and the, yeah, there's like what? so many weird yeah, offshoot that, that was, things. It's Pinocchio really, drunk. It's not really offshoot. That was supposed to be like a cautionary tale to teach a lesson to kids. Yeah, but did it? It was lost on me. Well, I didn't say it did. <laughs> it was I mean, lost on an adult. But, and I'm just like, what? But, but I see, didn't remember any of that. Well, that's because we weren't, we weren't kids, and I don't. We weren't even alive during the thirties. Yeah, uh, it's like in in Middle Age Netherlands, right? Yeah. Racist crows. No, because it was it was supposed to signify what kids were actually doing out on the streets, and it was supposed to be like this cautionary tale, of this you know consequence of living a life this way. Turn into donkeys, people. Yep, you get taken away. Don't turn into a jackass. One, one show that I didn't go back to watch. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, that I kind of like a lot of the serious moments definitely went over my head was a uh, family ties. If you guys haven't watched any episodes of that as an adult for like the age that it came out, like the time period it came out, it's surprisingly like raw for a lot of the scenes. And like, mm-hmm. it's got some really like hard hitting moments. Like there's parts in there. They talk about like uh, one, I think it was like the daughter. She gets like hit on by like one of, like a friend of the family, it's like an older guy, and they go into that, like have the creepiness and like the sexual predatory stuff, and they go into it like pretty heavy. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this was actually aired. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the, they they made it more real. It was like, yeah, it's a sitcom, and there's lots of jokes, and Michael J. Fox runs around. It's pretty funny, but then they got like real, like real fast, and I was impressed and surprised that that level of uh, seriousness can be like presented back then you know that was more commonplace in the 80s because we actually had some federal legislation about what tv shows could and and should do in some ways you know people mm-hmm. were actually learning a lot more moral lessons from tv during yeah but time. then that got that got rescinded and then we have mask well, that, and centurion and all like well no I, just no, like a no, all, no all those were actually part of it though because they had certain regulations they had to abide by in those shows they they found certain ways around it a little bit, but that's why you had that that end part of every GI Joe episode about knowing is half the battle. That was mandated. That was a federal mandate that had to be part of that kids show. And a lot of yeah, that man. stuff got stripped away, which is why we got so much yeah. weird stuff in the nineties. That was so irreverent and and you know off color. I see the the preview for I guess it's like a documentary about Mister Rogers. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know if I can get through that one. It got you in the feels, didn't it? A little Mr. Rogers with the creepy puppets and all the stuff, and I'm like, yeah, even as a kid, I'm like, yeah, it's, just, it's Mr. Rogers. It's just this thing that was on that kind of weirded me out a little bit. Yeah, we'd watch it because it was nice. And now, as an adult, you look back and like, yeah. That was a little weird. You had a terrible budget. You wanted to do nothing but reach children and make them feel valuable and stand before Congress and Mm. pretty much validate your entire existence as a profession and win over the United States government. Like, that. They had a. What was it? Um, Drunk History did a bit on him. And it was uh, Colin Hanks was Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, they they went over all that. That was it was really cool. Yeah, if you watch the the actual like recording of him sitting in front of Congress, yeah, it's moving speech. Yeah, it really is. It makes you like if you were to look now at modern politics versus Mister Rogers just speaking from the hip. Like it gives you a whole. It makes you really hate life now. (laughs) Like any any more? Huh. More than already? <laughs> yeah, like uh, the outlook on all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the few, uh, like, um, honorable and, like, you know, uh, wholesome characters or personalities that didn't eventually turn. Right? Yes. Like, for one reason, whether it's justified or they really did it, there's a lot, you know, a lot of times there's like a spin, like of some good thing, like Elmo, the most perfectly mm. perfect. Like they had a documentary which was super awesome on Netflix yep. before all that stuff hit, and when it did, you're like, oh, like is that oh, you know? <laughs> and Cosby and like all these mm-hmm. other, you know, granted that was a character he portrayed, but that of course you would hope the person still, had some sort of value. Super in, creep. Yeah, how so sad, there's like a lot of those. Yeah. And, how sad is it that we've come to expect that? Like nobody could, nobody could actually really be that good. It's got to be something bad. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's that's the point we're at right now, and it stinks. Well, that's why people all the time ask me, like, oh, so just like Bob Curse, like whenever you're in the shop, I'm like, no, like he's just he's a legitimately real person. And when Evan and Caitlin came and we released that video with the ping pong table, people in the comments were like, I I don't get their act. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not an act. That's who they are. And people are always looking or just assuming that people that seem genuine on TV or on the internet or whatever have just some horrible, dark, like Fifty Shades of Grey room in their house or something where they can just be themselves. And like, no, there are people in the world that are just genuinely nice or believable or honest or ethical people. I, I think all those comments are from California because we don't. I don't think we know what that is here. It's it's funny you mentioned the cursing bit because like comparatively, you see like Bob and then you take Adam Savage who has admitted he's like if I'm not on camera every other word out of my mouth mouth is a curse word, which kind of you look at him and go yeah I can see that, but if if you told me like yeah every other word out of Bob's mouth is a curse word I'd be like really because I mean Bob Bob's kind of the maker equivalent of Mister Rogers at this point like he's. He's like oh, this. Man. I knew that was coming. I knew that He's was coming. He's the wholesome dude. I'm, I'm gonna get my phone real quick. You should. <laughs> you should. Because he's always like, like compare the two. They were Would both. You be all, my I mean, I mean, Bob. Bob was never a sniper that we know of, but 
humans. I was going to get back to that rumor. (laughs) They're both always happy and wholesome. And if Bob went in front of Congress and started talking about the importance of, of, you know, getting kids to make stuff, I'd expect it to be similar along the similar lines. It would just be all the congressmen asking me, like, so you can reset my internet password? Because <laughs> Zuckerberg wouldn't don't, do it. Don't remind me, man. That was, that was so horrible. Uh, now I'm, I'm thinking of, sort of not necessarily a one property that I appreciate more than when I watched originally was pretty much anything Jim Henson did. Word. Like, I appreciate yeah. a lot of his stuff way more now than when I first watched it. And I loved it originally, you know, but just all the retrospective stuff and, like, if you're if you ever like going back to the the feels kind of thing with Mr. Rogers when you watch him on testifying, if you ever watch like any of the clips from the funeral, like uh, the wake or I guess or whatever, they had like a like a special thing for Jim Henson when he died and had like a lot of the people come up and like say things, and they had um, like various members of Sesame Street and the Muppets and all these things and they sung like Rainbow Connection. And all these things are just like, mm, gets you. It's, it's, I'm, it's pretty I'm moving. Still, I'm still pissed at him. Jim Henson, that he died? Yeah. 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 A, cold, a cold or the yeah, flu or, or a cold. Uh, pneumonia, yeah. God, stupid. Mm-hmm. But actually, you want to like a completely random feels that I got <laughs> about Jim Henson was the epic rap battles, uh, Jim Henson versus Stan Lee. There were some lines in that that I'm just like, oh my god! It, it just hits you really, really hard, and I'm just like, oh man, I miss Jim Henson, man. So, do our kids have those deep underlying, like underappreciated in the moment properties that are out now that they won't yeah, appreciate like, till later? Are they going to wax intellectual about Super Y and the Octonauts? When they're grown up, Octonauts, maybe. <laughs> no, I hate that show. For my kids, it'd be guys. Wild Crafts. It'd be Wild Crafts. Man, I never, I, I didn't see that one yet. You could totally transform into a panther. Shape of water. Is that the Wonder Twins? I think yeah. they're gonna. I think they're gonna watch the Lego Movie as an adult after watching the Matrix. Mm. And yeah. and see the alignment of those two. Huh. You know when... Did I miss a fan theory? No, it's the hmm. same movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Will Ferrell is the architect? <laughs> it's all based on like the first one, though. Kind of like, you know, the master builder is like being the one and seeing the code is like seeing all the Lego pieces and put it together. And yeah, this... Emmett didn't choose to, to go. He didn't, he didn't take the pill. He was dragged along. Yeah. <laughs> It's a you minor the, difference. You know, Trinity is the same thing as Wild Style, and you know you have Morpheus, huh. that's uh, Vitruvius, and all Who's that. Batman. Batman's Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. But speaking of, that's one person that I think I can appreciate more as an adult is Michael Batman? Keaton. Oh. <laughs> like Michael Keaton went away for a long time, and now that Michael Keaton is back, Michael Keaton is awesome. Yeah, he does a great job. I haven't seen the Assassins or whatever movie that he was in oh. most recently, but if Michael Keaton's in a movie, I'm going to watch it. He was good back in the day. He, I think he's better now. 
And Homecoming, he was one of my favorite villains in the Marvel right. movies ever. Yeah, he was so great. Far. The most compelling, besides Loki, even more so. Birdman? Did you guys watch Birdman? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've been meaning to. I haven't. I thought it was great. Super good. Like, besides just the movie being great, like, cinematically, an amazing mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Like, he does a majority of, of that movie are single takes. Like, really long sequences are single takes. And there's a part where they look in the mirror. And I remember I was watching it, and I was watching it with Tiffany. I'm like, what do you notice right now? She's like, nothing. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, you're looking into a mirror. I'm like, there should be a camera in that mirror. But there's not. I was like, that whole thing is digital, and it's little subtle, awesome stuff like that. And I was like, this is a good movie. Edward Norton, too. I watch a movie with Edward Norton in it all day. Even, 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 even the, the stupid Incredible Hulk? Even I like, the stupid. I like the Hulk better than the Eric Bana one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's not even a question. That's like a fact. I like, I like Cheerios better than dog turds covered in milk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's the title of the episode. I like Cheerios better than dog turds. Okay, but throwing back to an older episode that we had about, not older, but we talked about board games recently. I will flip that on its head. This whole thing, 180 degrees. So like those things I appreciated and loved as a kid, I freaking hate them. As an adult. Candyland. The board games are messy. They are loud. All the pieces get thrown all over the place. I don't want to play them. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Like, I don't want to set up Kerplunk. (laughs) I don't want to play Life because there's like one car because you guys lost all the little pieces. Like, they were way more fun as a kid. And now it's hard for me to relish in that same fun as an adult. Even though, like, it's the exact same thing. But my perspective has changed so much on a lot of the board games as a kid. Like, there's no way I would buy Crossfire for my kids. Not happen. That thing is loud. Those BBs are going to end up on the floor. Like, mm-mm. one of their friends might come over and try and do an internet video of how many they can swallow. Yeah. How, I'm going to get you guys hungry, hungry hippos for Christmas. We had it, and I got rid of it. No, I hated everything about that game. Let's just be loud nonstop. And then, like, it has a, a function in the game where one, you, the little balls fill up in a little pit. Like, you flick them back into the playing surface. So it's not like, so it oh, never like ends. there's one that's a different color that you could win. But if you don't know that, you could just play the game perpetually and drive that insane. Yep. So, that, yeah, that's one thing that has had the opposite effect. So you're basically just an old codger, whether it's in the sandlot or I, in your living room. I am the embodiment of James <laughs> Earl Jones in the sandlot. <laughs> More ways than one. Get off my lawn slash living room. Leave me alone with my memories on the wall and my dog in the yard with you stupid kids with your erector set. Get out of here. Something I remember from a kid that it's not as heavy as anything you guys mentioned, but I remember loving Thundercats. And all the cartoons, really, but you get you watch them as an adult, and you're like, wow, I didn't think there could be bad acting in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Thundercats is actually horrible. Snarf. I like Orko better than Snarf. Well, I was watching one of the Toy Galaxies. Is that the name of that YouTube show? Yeah. Or channel? Yeah. So I was watching one the other day, and going back to what we were just recently talking about, about TV shows needing to have some type of message versus being like 30 minute perpetual commercials. Yeah. I was okay with that. I'm like, still I, okay with that. 
yeah, I'm I'm fine with a here's a a TV show about the toy that I have in my hand. Like you're you're giving me imagination. You're you're supplementing my own imagination. So hurry for that. Like I'm sorry it's not teaching me how to spell or you know teach me what a bill is, but it's fun and it was neat and I bought into it and it was a social contract between me and Kenner and me and Mattel or whoever else was making those things that I was in filmation. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it actually seemed better to watch a show that was more relevant to the toys that I wanted or the things that I had and the way that I wanted to play. I'll see what the big deal was. I watched Ninja Turtles over reading Rainbow any day. Yep. <laughs> Do you guys remember all the PSAs in the 80s? I remember that one, like, Don't Drown Your Food. You used to have these little PSAs about not putting ketchup all over your food or, or these different condiments what? and to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find all the commercials on, on YouTube right now. Don't drown your food. It was a, a slogan that used to play for several years in the 80s. I need to play that Thanksgiving dinner at my in-law's house. <laughs> I remember the fried egg that apparently that's what your brain yeah. on drugs looks like. Yes. Yep. And we weren't allowed to have any questions because he seemed very stern about that. Is it really? <laughs> It's really messed up because all these like really important things, my brain goes to some comedic version of it, and the, the your brain on drugs thing was a a skit on uh, Robot Chicken, and the girl just starts going through town, smacking everything with a frying pan. I don't think I learned much from those. It's more the comedy. Hmm. So Sean from Maker on the Move mentioned the. Uh... Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. Rocco's Modern Life had a lot of adult jokes. I don't even you know, know what that is. Well, even, even now, I watched an really? episode of... Uh, um, damn, what's that cartoon with the two kids? One's got the triangle head. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb, Excellent yeah. show. Uh, yeah, very excellent show, but they had they had a scene where they, they catch the bad guy, and he's like... <laughs> it's like they catch him and he's like, Oh, great face mask. I was like, No, he asked for that. He's like, Yeah, it makes my voice sound cool. Listen, fava beans. And I was like, Wait, they just did a silence of the lambs joke in a kid's show? Yeah, because they're written wow. for adults watching them with your kids. They're mm-hmm. brilliant. Ren and Stimpy. Like, I remember at the time, Ren and Stimpy was this like new style of like edgy cartoon. Cause it didn't, it wasn't like sequential and it was like off kilter a little bit. And now like that would be completely blended in with the Rick and Morty's of, of now. But at the time it was like, this is stupid. It doesn't have a point. I'm like, it's well, log. Yeah. When you compare it to Rugrats, that's like these cute babies that are talking and they're like having baby antics and they can talk and there's like powdered toast, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what the hell good. you guys are talking about. I, it's Ren and Stimpy. I mean, I, I know what Ren and Stimpy is, but I've yeah. never seen an episode of it. So the couple years it's older goofy. that I am compared to you guys, yeah, must have really had you know separated some of those things. Well, that was that came out. Didn't that come out around the same time as like MTV had the animation, the Liquid Animation or whatever? Yeah. That's what Animal Flux was, started. Yeah, that and the brain, Flux. the guy that lived in the dude's head. Yep. That was an awesome show. I, Red and Stippy came out of uh, that style. In fact, I actually might have had some of the same animators, I think. I don't know. Maybe. But I think we need to give, we need to tip a nod to Beavis and Butthead. Of course. Yeah. I think 
unfortunately. Setting. Simpsons. Yeah, the Simpsons and Beavis and Butthead for setting a, a path that like grown ups can enjoy. Grown ups are like mm-hmm. older people, not little kids, can enjoy cartoons too. I think a lot of like the cartoons of, the, of like today though is is a direct result of us watching them when they're little. You know, we still we're the generation that has that nostalgia for the cartoons and the toys and and all that. So there's people who are making cartoons for adults now because we're still going to watch them. Yeah, because they saw you know, Ren and Stimpy and the brain and Eon Flux and those things that were cool then and have some cool adult substance. Oh, that's unfortunate. So if anybody in the chat or anybody listening to the episode when it finally gets released has any any other kind of things you've watched as a doll that you see differently as a kid, we'd love to hear what you guys come up with too. I'm sure that we've kind of missed a few um, during the time that we've been talking today. But you guys geeking out about anything uh, extra that we didn't bring up in a, in a previous episode? Mm-hmm. Talked about Labo, talked about Infinity War. We have all the summer movies will be coming up soon. You got Solo coming out. Deadpool. Deadpool. You have E3 coming up. So there's, you know, more video games on the horizon too. True. No. Nope. Nope. Pretty mild. That's right. much geeking out. <laughs> <laughs> There's anything cool on YouTube I haven't watched. I'm geeking out because it's less than a month away from Maker Fair, where we're going to be in the Bay Area at San Mateo. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for five days. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be a that's a huge point of geeking out right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited just to see you guys again too. It's been what year and a half, almost two years now. No, year and a half, roughly. I think by mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. So. yeah, Tiff and I are going by ourselves. Awesome, mommy and daddy vacation too. We're pretty excited about. All right, so we would love to hear from all of you. Go ahead and check out the Making Geeks website. Go to the contact page if you'd like to send us a question, any suggestion for the show that you like. And then right there on the homepage, you can listen to all of our past episodes. Take a look at all of our past guests. I'm sure that we're going to have quite a few in the future. And right there on makinggeeks.com. And hit us up on the social medias. Instagram at Making Geeks Podcast and Facebook and Twitter at Making Geeks. And we'd like to thank our marvelous patrons over at patreon.com slash making geeks for their pledges and donations and contributing their hard-earned money towards our little podcast here. We definitely appreciate you guys uh, more than we can say, uh, even more than we say every episode. And uh, I'd like to thank our top patron, Mr. Seth Williams, for being the reigning champ. It's pretty awesome. So thanks for so much for your support, dude. We hope to see you at another event sometime soon. And uh, if you want to help us out, head over to patreon.com slash geeks. And if you want to find out more about us individually, you can find Sean's work at geekbuilders.net. Mark is at asylum-3d.com. Wes is at geeksmithing.com. And my work is on thepiworkshop.com. I would like to thank everybody for hanging out with us during this episode. It's always nice to put nostalgia in perspective from our young adolescent brains to our, or apparently my grumpier, older curmudgeon brain. (laughs) 
Uh, if you like this episode, stick around for more. We put out this is our Wednesday episode, so our regularly scheduled Saturdays are coming out. And still, you can download us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on everywhere else that you can find podcasts. We're everywhere. So, thank you all for coming. Yes. And one yes. more thing, too, is if you've been enjoying the show, which we hope you are, and you listen through iTunes, go ahead and consider leaving us a review. That definitely helps the show, and we actually love hearing the direct feedback, too. The funnier, the better. If you make it silly, we'll read it on air. So get on there, make it star-appropriate, and make it funny. But with that, so that's our call-out, our call to action. There you go. You always need a call to action. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. We truly, truly appreciate it. And as always, we hope you have a fantastic week. Take care, everyone. Enjoy Avengers. Don't spoil it. Yes, no spoilers. Yeah, don't be that guy. (laughs) You will be hunted down. See you guys. Ah, fun side noises. It's remarkable. All right, I'm cutting that out from the actual episode.